When the sun rises, I wake up and chase my dreams. I won't regret when the sun sets, cause I live my life like I'm a beast. What up? You're listening to the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle Practice Podcast for dentists. I am Derek Williams, and I'm very excited for today's episode. Hopefully my voice doesn't come across as too congested. It's been a bit of a crazy week. I'm here in East Texas. That's where I live, where my practice is. And this week, some of you may have seen in the news, but Texas has had crazy, crazy week with freezing rain, ice, power outages, no water. So for the past few days, we haven't had no power or water. We got the power back and I've never been so happy in my life to to have power. It was great. Had a shower and shaved this morning and I feel like a million bucks. <laughs> so I'm excited to be here, but uh, you know, that's part of the reason for today's episode. That's part of the reason for today's episode being delayed a little bit is because of the crazy week that we that I had. But I'm excited. Today, I would like to talk about something. Over the years, I've read a lot of great books about money, business, mindset, whatever. And uh, recently, I had a book recommended to me that I read that I really, really enjoyed. And it's called The Psychology of Money, written by Morgan Housel, who has been a Wall Street journalist for several years and is uh, currently helping manage a fund called the Collaborative Fund, which you can look up more on if you want to. But today I wanted to discuss some of the key points from his book that really hit me, that helped me get a better picture of a bigger perspective. So there are a lot of points that he hits on in his book, but today I'm just going to focus on four of them that I really liked. The first point is what he says, no one's crazy. And here's a quote from his book. Your personal experiences with money make up maybe point zero 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 one percent of what's happened in the world, but maybe 80% of how you think the world works. So the point is that although our experience is so limited and small and insignificant, we don't recognize that, and we still use that limited judgment to make our financial decisions. When we were in dental school, we were taught to practice evidence-based dentistry. What this means is that our foundation for the way that we practice is based on research, studies, and outcomes already had before us. There is a component that plays into that that is our own clinical experience and the outcomes that we see with our own hands, but that should be a much smaller portion of how we choose to practice. The majority should come from the outside evidence. Morgan says in his book, in theory, people should make investment decisions based on their goals and the characteristics of the investment options available to them at the time. But that's not what people do. The economists found that people's lifetime investment decisions are heavily anchored to the experiences those investors had in their own generation, especially experiences early in their adult life. Few people 
make financial decisions purely with a spreadsheet. They make them at the dinner table or in a company meeting, places where personal history, your own unique view of the world, ego, pride, marketing, and odd incentives are scrambled together into a narrative that works for you. So I think the big takeaway from all of this is that we all need to evaluate our own situation and to be honest with ourselves, to take a step back and to try and see how and why we make decisions the way that we do. To ask ourselves, how can we become more well-rounded and depend less on our own experience? What research can we draw from? What other experienced investors out there can help us to learn from and and adjust our own action steps that we take when it comes to investing and how we use money in our life? So that's the first thing. And I think it helps to recognize that you shouldn't judge other people. Everyone has a reason for acting the way that they do with money. So by the same token, we need to look at ourselves and look at why we do what we do with money and evaluate ourselves and see where we can improve. So that's, that's point number one. No one is crazy because everyone has a reason for acting the way that they do. Point number two is called never enough. And this is a, this is also a quote from, from his book at a party given by a billionaire on shelter Island. Kurt Vonnegut informs his pal, Joseph Heller, that their host, a hedge fund manager, had made more money in a single day than Heller had earned from his wildly popular novel, Catch-22, over its whole history. Heller responds, yes, but I have something he will never have. Enough. I absolutely love this quote because it is something that we don't think about as much as we should. It's so easy to get caught up in the rat race. And and Morgan Housel continues. He says, social comparison is the problem here. The point is that the ceiling of social comparison is so high that virtually no one will ever hit it which means it's a battle that can never be won or that the only way to win is to not fight to begin with. To accept that you might have enough even if it's less than those around you. This is a point that I feel is important to bring up and to discuss, but it can be a delicate one as well. We live in a time and age where Instead of just comparing yourself to your neighbors and the Joneses, the Joneses have in essence become people around the country and around the world that are traveling that you look up to for whatever reason. So the social comparison has has changed significantly over the last 10, 20 years. We at TLP are all about pushing things to the next level and getting extraordinary results. The trick is to do that while still enjoying the journey along the way, to still be spending time with your loved ones, to be grateful for every moment that we have. Justin talked about dying a few episodes ago. Let us all analyze ourselves and our lives. Do we live in a way that if we died at the end of today, would we feel good about how our last week was, our last month, our last year? 
there are definitely times that we have to sacrifice and to give more of ourselves in order to get to where we want to be. But we also need to ask ourselves along the way, what is enough? And if we have that enough, how do we move forward from there? And I'm asking all these questions, not because I want to tell anyone what is right or wrong, but I think it's important that we ask ourselves these questions. Warren Buffett is a great example of this to me. Here is one of the richest men in the world, but he has learned that having all the things that money buys is not what brings happiness and not the way he wants to live his life. For example, he still lives in the same modest house that he bought in 1958. He still enjoys cheap fast food. His hobbies include playing bridge, singing, and playing the ukulele. But at the same time, even though he has no need for more money, he continues investing and working because it brings him satisfaction and fulfillment in life. So what does Housel mean when he says that the only way to win is to not fight to begin with? I don't think that he's saying that we just quit working to improve ourselves and to grow. But what he's arguing is that we stop letting the comparison game be what fuels our desire to grow. So ask yourself, what is your motive? Why are you pushing for for what you're pushing for? Does that push and that effort add to your life and make your life better? Or is it a strain? And depending on where you lie on that spectrum, how would you like to change? Again, I'm not arguing that you should live one way or the other. But I think the important part is that you're thinking about it, that you're being intentional about the way that you, you live your life. I've, I've read too many books and heard interviews of too many people that have been very, very successful, but at the end of their life, one of their biggest regrets is not spending as much time with their family or their children when they were younger. So I would argue that you should consider those things and to think about how, how can you have both How can you have the success that you want in your life financially while also having the time to spend with your family or whatever, what else is is important to you in life? But that's point number two, enough. Point number three is room for error. Housel says margin of safety, you can also call it room for error or redundancy, is the only effective way to safely navigate a world that is governed by odds, not certainties. And almost everything related to money exists in that kind of world. Again, a world that is governed by odds, not certainties. I think this is a great point that we should all consider more. When I purchased my practice, I looked at over 100 practices. And when I say I looked at them, I mean, I evaluated the area's demographics, looked at their profit and loss, looked at potential ways to grow, etc. One of my must-haves in a practice was that it must have a potential to grow, but even if I didn't grow at all and just maintain the historical production, I would still be happy with the income. I went into it hoping for my best case scenario of, you know, doubling the practice in the first year, but understanding that even if we just maintained, I would still come out ahead as far as income and freedom. What that meant as far as numbers was that I wanted my income to be at least 250000 per year. 
So I needed to find a practice doing at least 500,000 per year with 50% overhead or less. The practice that I purchased was at 570,000 at 55% overhead. So it met the criteria, but I got to work and we ended up reaching my goal. So I made a lot more than 250,000 in my first year. This can be applied in little wells. This can be applied in little ways as well. If you haven't, go back and listen to my episode with Dr. Melanie Villalobos. The episode was called Best Case, Worst Case Scenario. And we kind of ran through that in a lot of little ways in her practice. But the best way to learn these principles and be ready to apply them in big situations is to practice using them in small and simple situations. A smaller example is that this week, which I just kind of told you about is kind of a crazy week. I had to close my office for the entire week due to freezing rain, lack of water and power here. There's no way that I could anticipate that. But luckily, I work my butt off when I'm in the office and invest my income pretty heavily. So I don't really need to worry about weeks like this. I'm able to just take the time, spend it with my family and and make the most of it. So Think about what little ways that you can apply these principles in your life. And then when it comes to the big decisions, it will be easier. The last point that I want to get to is freedom. And he goes over an entire chapter in his book about this. It's probably my favorite chapter of the entire book. And part of the reason that I love it so much is because that I feel that it aligns so well with TLP's vision and the goals that we have for ourselves and for our clients. Morgan Housel's point about freedom is this, the ability to do what you want, when you want, with who you want, for as long as you want is priceless. It is the highest dividend money pays. And he goes on, the highest form of wealth is the ability to wake up every morning and say, I can do whatever I want today. People want to become healthier to make them happier. If there's a common denominator in happiness, a universal fuel of joy, it's that people want to control their lives. More than your salary, more than the size of your house, more than the prestige of your job, control over doing what you want, when you want to, with the people that you want to, is the broadest lifestyle variable that makes people happy. Money's greatest intrinsic value, and this can't be overstated, is its ability to give you control over your time. To obtain, bit by bit, a level of independence and autonomy that comes from unspent assets that give you greater control over what you can do and when you can do it. Being able to wake up one morning and change what you're doing on your own terms whenever you're ready, seems like the grandmother of all financial goals. Independence to me, and again, I'm still quoting Morgan Housel here, independence to me doesn't mean you'll stop working. It means you only do the work you like with people you like at the times you want for as long as you want. I know that was a lot that I quoted from him, but it just was too good to to not say. And essentially, I feel like all of that is is what I would want to be said on the topic of, of freedom. And this is ultimately what we are fighting for, freedom and independence. Now, it might be overwhelming if you look at your situation and think, oh, it's going to take me so long to get to the point where I can 
have enough independence to do what I want with who I want for as long as I want. But as he said, to obtain bit by bit a level of independence and autonomy that comes from unspent assets that give you greater control over what you can do and when you can do it. So you can make small goals along the way. Maybe that means cutting out a half day a week for you. Maybe that means being able to hand off some of your responsibilities to your staff. Maybe it means taking more vacation. Maybe it means raising your fees. There's a lot of things that you can do in that way that will be able to provide you one more step of freedom that can make a big difference in how you feel in your life. So don't be overwhelmed by your situation or how long it will take. Start with a plan. Start with a timeline. Then start planning everything out in the in-between. And if you want to accelerate your success through coaching, reach out to us. We've done this in our own lives and have helped many others as well. That's literally what we're here for. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and found some things that you can take away and apply. And if you've read this book and have any other thoughts on it, feel free to post it on our Facebook page and head up a discussion there. So everybody have a great week. Keep pushing. And we will talk to you next time.